In just a moment, we will return with another exciting adventure featuring a guest star from the galaxy of super superheroes. Max Ray, brilliant sea operations commander. I go to really is the liquor store and uh, I figure, well, I don't need to wear my glasses for that, right? You don't need to wear your glasses for a liquor store, but you never know, right? Because you, you're, you got to look at the bottom shelf, you know, you got to look at the label. Yeah. What are you buying from the liquor store? Oh, everything. Everything? Everything. Like, selectively. Your... Selectively, but everything. Why aren't you listening to the, to the fucking public health officials, man? They told us we need to cut down on our drinking. And drug taken. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna drink anymore until probably mid mid December. I'm cutting myself off. What do you mean you're not gonna drink anymore? Well, I can't. I can't do moderation. Like I can't do like a couple of beers a week and, and just like reduce it. I either have to be. You're all oh, in. I'm all in. I got right. The, yeah. Yeah. I got the same problem. Like I hardly. I rarely drink for that reason. I mean, Arf, no, Arf knows. I don't. Yeah. I don't. I don't do fucking moderate. Yeah, you boys. You boys are um, like uh, the. You boys faced alcoholism like Matt Damon at the end of Rounders. Do you know what I mean? You're just facing down Teddy. <laughs> you're just facing down John Malkovich, and you just think that he's he's bluffing, and then you just go, "Yeah, I'm all in." There, and then you need- just. Alco- yeah. You expect alcoholism to at the end of it go. Give this man his money. Chick, 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 all night he chick. No one knows what you're talking about. But Everyone has watched I, Rounders, man. You know no, what I'm no, talking about. It's a fucking brilliant, beautiful. No, no, no one has watched Rounders. Reference. Jason, I've, I've seen it. You know what I'm talking about. I do know what you're talking about. It's a perfect it, fucking. It's, you shouldn't. It's, it's a good you should, movie. You shouldn't have any memory for that. It's ba- It's like I'm like Babe Ruth with movie references. I just point to the stands and then. If you're remembering shit like that, you're forgetting the important moments in your life. I don't have any important moments. I got one. Oh, you know, the baby was child. born. Yeah. Yeah. Then that time that you ran away. Think from... about how many, think how many Sahara's plays you've missed because, or you've forgotten because of <laughs> I've your, never your movie memory. I've never missed same thing, one. Same thing with you, Jason. Too much memory. You need to make room for the, the important stuff. Shut up. Oh. <laughs> it's it's why don't you play some more stupid board game why don't you play settlers of Catan, nerd <laughs> tired of this shit uh no my favorite memories my i have very clear memories but both of my child and the second memory was you uh in my office and then seeing your ex-girlfriend and then hiding in the bushes and running away from hazen hall to the to the annex so that she wouldn't see you that's my. Those are my two favorite memories. Do you remember that? <laughs> I don't remember that. You one hundred percent did. You loser. I was don't. It, uh, was it the? I mean, God, we shouldn't even say her name. No, it's definitely don't fucking, say. Don't say. But uh, yeah. is is it? The it's one not the one. Her? No, no, it's not that one. It was another one. It's the other oh, one. Okay, not. No, not no, the, not 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 the one prior to that. No, no it was the, the one the after. One that, it was kind of in the. Well, I yeah. guess it wasn't really the middle. It's sort of it, second middle, middle, okay, middle adjacent. It was. It was. I don't think you met her. I don't think you knew about it. It was a brief one. Okay, no, no, it wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't the uh, when it wasn't the Wendy and Lucy one. No, 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 no it wasn't the Wendy that, and Lucy. The, the Wendy and Lucy incident. No, no, the, no, no, yeah. 
Is that, uh, is that, was that the movie? Was it? Yes, you, it was. That it was. Sitting, yeah. Yeah. And that then, is the very one. And, I don't, and that, I don't, I don't remember any of this because you I, 100% remember I, it. I no, I replaced those memories. I replace those memories with with good things. Stop talking nonsense. He the one hundred percent remembers it. He just trying to he's trying to alpha us. Don't let pill, him alpha they have, us. They have pills for this now. Yeah. Just wipe wipe any kind of memory you want. Yeah. I'm on the pill, by the way. It's the yeah, yeah erectile dysfunction pills. That's what the that's the male equivalent of saying you're on the pill. Isn't that a joke? That is not. That is not. That is not the male equivalent. No, that's, that's not even funny. A, yeah. No, it's a good joke, right? You see, yeah. no, because because the pill is to prevent something from happening, uh-huh. and the yeah. other and the, and the pill you're talking about is to make something happen. So it logically it doesn't. No, but that's the that's the joke. Or whatever. Well, no, that's not that's not the joke though. Yeah, no, it's pretty no. good. I think it's, it does, I think I need well, that. Well, you try one. it. You try it. No, I think I I'm pretty good. When you can go on stage, you tr- you try it. Yeah, uh, this is uh, <laughs> so. Let me just start off this because I figured this was something that we could uh, talk about because uh, uh, the uh, I watched before we could before the critical consensus or just the I, I say critical consensus. What is okay? Just, I say, hey, I think my internet's gonna fuck off again. What? Just okay. have hey, the internet fuck off hey, every can you time. Hear me? RF starts. Talking. Yeah, I can hear you. No, I can't. Okay, my internet's about to fuck off. Don't don't kick me out. I'm not gonna, I'm gonna kick gonna you out. What happened? And then, oh, he just kicked himself out. Do, oh, he <laughs> this just, is hilarious. What a loser! What a big. Why did he? Why did he kick himself out? What? Why does he? What? What's his? Who's his internet with? Rogers. No. Um. Anyway, you were putting me to sleep. Shut up. Shut up! Why are you always why are you always saying mean things about me? I'm always like asking you about, hey, because what do you, you do in writing? And you have like so much throat clearing before you get to the point. You're like phrase, 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 comma, and then finally the point. Well, I have listeners. You know, maybe the listeners don't have a, an idea about what I'm talking this is, about. This is not a mystery novel. You don't need to keep them in suspense. What of is course, it? What is it? What is it that you wanted to talk about? I was trying to give them previews and trailers and shit like that before we jumped right in. And you're just being you're just being confrontational and you're hurting my feelings. I feel like I'm at a committee meeting. Why? Cuz it's just blah, 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 blah. What, what is it that you wanted to say? So just mean. Get to the point. Just get you're to so the... you're so cruel. No. No, I won't say anything. You are okay, tiny. fine. Fine. Uh, that's, that's great. That's a great radio show. <laughs> The silent treatment. I'm giving you the silent treatment on air. You don't remember. You absolutely do not remember hiding f- from the hiding in the bushes, walking out of my office from the annexes into Hazen Hall. Let me, let me make something clear. When I say I do not remember something, I am not saying that you're wrong. I'm not saying that that you're you're presenting a fantasy. All I'm saying is I don't remember. I'm 40 years old. I barely remember what I did last month. I just don't have... It's gone. Did you get new tattoos? Or is that the same one? What tattoo? What do you mean, John? The da- tattoo on how your hand? You, how can you even see a tattoo? I am it's looking the at part you. part of my body. Like you're talking about my I can face? see it on your arm, you idiot. Oh, you can see it? Oh, you can see that? Oh, yeah, no, just that one tattoo. I was going to get another tattoo. I will get another tattoo at some point. <laughs> 
<laughs> so difficult. I cannot believe you. I don't want you to see what I'm doing with my hands. What do you mean? What are you jerking off? What are you drinking over there? What's that? Booze? Are you boozing? Are you a boozer? This, this is sparkling water. Damn. Spark- via, via soda stream. What's that? Uh, soda stream. You can make your own carbonated water with it. Should I invite this fucking... It's a game changer. Don't say game changer, please. Please don't <laughs> I knew that say was game gonna, I knew that was going to annoy you. <laughs> How did I know that that it's was going to so annoy It's so stupid. Why would you say it? It's so dumb. I'm going to send this to him again. I don't know what is wrong with him. What is wrong with his internet, man? He's been a real... He's real being being a real stick in the mud, if you know what I'm saying. A real, a real stick in the mud. Yeah, pardon my friend. And you you get mad at me for saying game changer. At least that's contemporary. <laughs> Part. Why do they Why do they say that? Pardon my French when they say when they're about to make when they're about to swear. You know what? I don't know. It's it's comfortable though, isn't it? When you see that in a movie or someone someone says oh pardon my french but look at that cunt <laughs> you know that's a, there's something comforting about it what do you mean it's like wrapping yourself in a warm blanket it's such an overused phrase but i don't understand what it means though what if i buy I, I, I mean i don't understand why it means either okay who so you mean that it's something that other people used to say you know, like people, olden days people used to say, olden yeah, days people. Yeah. Stick, no, I'm sounding like my 10-year-old. St- stick in the mud, olden days people. Yeah. Yeah. He's been a real wet potato, if you know what I mean. Oh, well, that's not, no? That's not Yeah. A, that's an old that one. Up. That's <laughs> no. not an old one. Yeah, that is an old one. Maybe in Ireland. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's been a real moldy potato, if you know what I mean. <laughs> He's being a real rotting potato. He is really causing a famine for all the rest, all of the farmers. You know, he's being, <laughs> he's being a real Englishman preventing us from eating our own potatoes, if you know what I mean. In the old country, you know, as we used to say. In the old, in the old country. <laughs> like, what are you talking about, dude? <laughs> you know, Mar- 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 Marina sometimes refers to herself as being, as being, you know, back in the old country. I well, don't know, there's some, there's, but I mean, there's something so quaint about that. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, she's from. She's. See if he picks up. Hey, hey man, what's going on? Hey, I'll be back in a sec. I finally got the. I had to restart my PC too, but. Um, yeah, I'll be back in a sec. Wow. All right. Well, okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Bye bye. So, when did Jason? turn into an old 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 man jason was already was yeah i think the trans oh there he is jason yeah oh look maybe we'll see you can ask him that question live no. watch his fucking internet die immediately jason he's still connected to audio hey uh, jason hey. yep can you hear me yes sir all right yeah i all think right. Hopefully it's good. See, I, I should I should this the first time I got lazy. I wanted it to be quicker, so I didn't restart the modem. I just I just reset the the internet connection, and then it seemed to work again. But all right, less lesson learned. Sorry, boys. No so problem. when did when did when did you turn into an old man, Jason? Oh fuck, dude! I was an old man when you knew me. <laughs> Not true. I think I mean you had- stole. 
I mean, you still, you still know me, but when we first started hanging out, I mean. But do we <laughs> really know you? you? Do we really know you? Jason? Do we really? Do Does we anybody really, really know anybody? Do we Does really anybody? know anyone? Honestly, yeah. that, that's pretty profound, though. Did you really come up with that? That's pretty profound. It's original. I, I never thought of that. I never. <laughs> now that you put it that way. Um, Jace, John was making fun of my patch on the, of the patches on my hoodie because he's not a patriot, <laughs> and he's like, "How dare you? You carry the flag of that colonialist nation." And I was like, "Stop it! Stop it! I'm a proud immigrant to this country. Yeah, that, I will not that, have you denigrate the name of my country. And I'm true. proud to be a Canadian." Yeah. Well, I remember when we first started hanging out john was always going on about fucking anti-colonial theories and shit ah he was he was the first one to decide to make uh the the the, the what is it the you know the 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 land acknowledgements yeah i was the first one <laughs> yeah i don't know why i find we, that so funny we, we yeah. love we, we love we love that in canada man yeah i, st- I started it as a joke and it's yeah just, it's no but you you never said you never you never acknowledge it as part of the like the natives you would say like this is where the zellers used to be this was where <laughs> our proud ancestors came on the woolworths they were, they were going to the woolworths, oh, here, woolworths there. yeah that was his land acknowledgments <laughs> Um, so I think before, uh, I think before my internet shit the bed a second time, uh, I'm assuming, I think you're about to talk about that, that hillbilly movie. Is yeah. That, is that what's so, going, going so on before there? anyone, before everyone's mind gets polluted, I thought before everyone's mind gets polluted by the sort of, uh, sort of, uh, shrill, uh, sanctimonious, uh, film criticism, I, Thought I'd decide to watch Hillbilly Elegy. I tried to make up my own mind about it because mainly because I read because I read the headline of a review, uh, of a sort of scathing review. This was the title of the of the review: "The Noxious Hillbilly Elegy is the Year's Most Shameless Film." Okay, this is a Ron Howard film starring Amy Adams and Glenn Close. Right, you know that famous right-wing I, filmmaker Ron I, Howard. I, can, can I can I just say I I did read your little review on Mubi, and I love the way you try to combine some kind of like I don't know if I want to say righteous fury exactly with an obviously tepid response. Like it's obvious that you're like, yeah, the movie's kind of shit. It's not really that good, but you know, make up your own mind and watch it. Yes, that was that was basically your review. Jason. Listen to the listen. Just listen to the shrillness of this. Like, okay, you don't like the movie. I get it. Ron Howard. Yeah. I haven't like. I mean, I'm not going to. Ron work. Howard's not made a movie, great movie, in about ten years. I'd say, you know, or ever least. possibly. Possibly. Apollo, Apollo thirteen. Uh, I like Apollo thirteen. I like Apollo thirteen. That's yeah. Quite, yeah. Okay, so this is this is the end of the paragraph of this. This is the end pa- ending paragraph of the of the review for Hillbilly Elegy. Hillbilly Elegy has nothing to say about the circumstances that caused these addictions and resentments because the movie has, deals with like people with addictions in the deep south. And it has certainly nothing useful to say about economic anxiety, in quotes. There's nothing remotely insightful, thoughtful, or even provocative about it, which is a shame. At least that would have made it memorable. Instead, it's just one more tired ass addiction drama told by a nowhere doofus 
who thinks this is all somehow interesting for no better reason than it happened to him. What an absolute crock of shit. So, I mean, <clears throat> I've been re I've been seeing a little bit of this. I mean, to be fair, I haven't read this one. Most of the reviews I'm reading do seem to come from a place of this is typical Oscar bait shit. I don't like, I don't care. This is boring with maybe a little bit of concern trolling sprinkled over the top. But I'm assuming what you're responding to is this feeling that why are we making a movie about the people who voted for Donald Trump? He, they basically, say it in the they, review. Basically, yeah, yeah. This guy says it in the review. And if it fails as drama, it's even worse as commentary. Aside from the fetishizing of fried bologna sandwiches and the occasional shot of boarded up storefronts and factories, it's not even the meditation or apologia of the current moment we've been promised. Who promised you a current moment movie? Although I love, I, because I, you know, I've seen enough Ron Howard movies and, and I know, I sort of know the way he operates. Just reading that little description, I'm like, I can see it. I can even see. I can see the way he filmed it. I can see the little montage to be like, I just want you guys to know, these are poor people. Okay. Okay, but but listen. No, no, to this it's not. Fun. It's not. Poli- I, I agree. Anything that any issue I would have with the movie is probably not political. It's just. It's just Ron Howard. Okay, it's so just Ron Howard. Yeah. Li- listen to this shit. Much of the narrative takes place during the Obama years, but his name is barely even uttered. The guns and religion that candidate Obama noted that people like these might cling to barely register either. We never get a sense of either the time or the place and whether Howard is in Kentucky or Ohio. The locations seem about as lived in and authentic as the Whoville in How the Grinch Stole Christmas. It's funny, I think the aspect that I would respond to, and they might be right about that, like, it's funny. It it does seem to go back and forth between what seems like genuine criticism of the movie. Like when he describes it is not seeming lived in, it could be Ohio or Kentucky. I mean, you could say that's a legit criticism of the movie, but that thing about why it'd be like if someone made a movie about black people and you were like, why aren't they on drugs? <laughs> why? Why, why aren't they smoking crack? Like, that seems to be what he's saying. Like, it's the South. Why don't they have guns and Bibles? What's I, going, what's going I don't on think, I don't think that these people have a problem, even a problem with the movie. I think they have a problem with the text that this guy is, that, that the thing is pulled from. Because right. the movie itself. Well, the guy is himself, very, is, he's conservative, right? Or something. I have no idea. I, I, I no feel idea. like I've heard that, yeah. Uh, he in the movie, all you see is a very specific focus by all of the characters to not be political. Like they're very, very apolitical, like aggressively right. so. Right? right. The kid right. wants to watch uh, press conferences of the Clinton of the Clinton hearings and Al Gore and the and Glenn Close is like, turn that shit off. And then she's like, turn put puts it on to Terminator Two, and they have a, like a joke about Terminator Two. So it's very sort of the only indication that of you you get of any sort of political thing is a brief shot of the stock market crash of whatever 2000 whatever what is it 7 10 what was it the the recession 7 2008 2008, 2008 right yep. that's the only indication that you get it's just a brief brief glimpse at a television and then it just heads back into its whatever territory i mean i don't know like Okay, I, I, 
I'm going with the caveat, of course, that I haven't seen it. I right. haven't seen it, so that's fine. But you don't have to give it. I mean, yeah. But but I I wonder if I wonder if maybe you're I. I just can't imagine Ron Howard doesn't intend anything. Like, I can't imagine this is meant to be apolitical necessarily. No, no, no. With some of the signifiers you're describing, like even though the people themselves, like like you say that the people themselves are actively apolitical in a way that almost sounds hostile, like um, talking about um, Glenn Close turning off the press conference like she seems you know actively apolitical but i don't know i'm not saying he's making a polemic that's not ron howard's style but there's i'm sure he's trying to at the very least humanize a certain portion of the country and just in doing that at least in the minds of these people that is maybe a political act is that and yeah. do you think that's where the hostility is probably coming from how dare these people who they have no idea whether or not they voted which way they voted they right. just have they just can't imagine a psychology of a person who might be poor who might be an underclass who doesn't blame their problems on political factors like their own right. whatever the addiction within the movie whatever their addictions whatever their problems are is all is always stems from you know past abuse or some sort of some sort of accident of history essentially we'll just put call it that mm -hmm. you know and i think that that's a that it is an interesting uh uh psychological disposition. I wouldn't even call it a philosophical one or a political one. Maybe it is a political one, but it's definitely a psychological. I mean, I don't know. I mean, this actually happened to the guy, right? right. So this is this dude's story. This is not someone thing that's made up, right? right? So I'm going into it thinking, okay, whatever the histrionics of what you're seeing on, and there is a lot of it, right? There's a lot of yelling and screaming. There's a lot of like, we, you don't abandon family. That's what we, that's what you never do is abandon family. You can't talk about my mama like that. You son of a bitch. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of that. What was right? that movie with, uh, with, uh, it, I just seen the trailer. It really reminded me of, uh, what was that movie with Meryl Streep and, uh, Julie, Julia Roberts, uh, uh August Osage yeah. County. That's the one. Um, yeah. it, it kind of gave me like that kind of vibe where it's a really like, it's, it's a bit of a caricature of hillbilly life, let's say. But that, those guys weren't hillbillies in that movie, were they? No, they're just, they're like, just southerners i don't yeah i don't know if they're supposed to be hillbillies necessarily but but either way it was it, it was a caricature of something i mean these didn't seem like people who would actually exist in the real world let's put it that way yeah um, but i'm not saying with this one that's the case i haven't seen it but yeah i mean i i mean make well, up your own mind I, well like what I do you about. what i mean okay what it, what is it so i because I, I guess for me, there's an aspect. Of, it's interesting. Like one of the things that it's obvious that they resent about the movie, you you just picked out an interesting thread there offhandedly. 
because I see it often in criticism. They don't like movies about impoverished people or yeah, people from what you would might deem an underclass where the problems aren't laid at the feet of society and movies that actually seem to pre uh, I'm not preach, but seem to have a, an ethic of personal responsibility automatically in these very vague and flippant terms, the critics will call that simple minded. They'll say that's a simple minded way to look at the problems of the underclass or you know, I, I, my way of looking at it is obviously the sophisticated, correct way. So that, so the political thing coupled with that, I just think that in general critics, they don't like that. They, they don't seem to respond and, and it could be a genuine preference. I mean, I'm not even saying they're being disingenuous, but they really don't seem to respond anymore at least to newer films where there, yeah, like there's a sense of some kind of personal responsibility or somebody overcoming some kind of adversity through their own, you know, hard work and ingenuity or whatever it is, um, stick-to-itiveness. It, they how, like, dare, how dare this this guy from the underclass, you know, who grew up in the redneck, you know, who grew up in the deep south, how dare he create craft this story where he goes to law school and you know has a family? You know, how dare the this movie paint him as not a fucking knuckle dragging racist? I mean, you know, and I mean, it's idiotic. These people. Well, well I think it's funny. I, one of the criticisms that I've heard of Schindler's List, um, I know it's a criticism Kubrick made. It's essentially like, why tell this story? Why tell, like, so you have the Holocaust, which is, you know, the biggest failure, one of the biggest failures, possibly the biggest failure in human history. And this, this is what Kubrick said. And this is a movie about success. I think what he's probably getting at in that comment is that, this is the movie that people are going to think about when they think about the Holocaust. And it's it. And, and that it's, it's somehow not getting at what he perceives to be the actual truth of the Holocaust. I don't actually agree with this because I see it more as like, well, that's Spielberg being Spielberg though. Of course, this is the story, like the story about the failure and you just focus on the failure and it's just mass death and there's no glimmer of hope. It's not interesting though. That's that would, I mean, that would the... be the film Kubrick would make, right? Like that's the film he would make, but this isn't the film that Spielberg would make. And also this is something that happened. So I think that's, I, that's a bit of an extreme example, but I think- It's not like Saving Private Ryan where you have a fantasy element to it. Exactly. But I think in, uh, but I think in the case of the way the critics respond to these films, it's, it's similar to that where they see it as like, okay, I mean, some people through their hard work and ingenuity get out from these situations or improve themselves, but that's not most people. So why tell that story? So why tell that story? And I think that's the place 
they're coming they so, come from so so put, putting aside the movie critics as i don't know protectors self-appointed protectors of middle class values which ultimately means that they don't really care about anyone in the lower classes despite what they say but putting that aside why are they so concerned with thematic intent because I don't see people having those those conversations outside of movie critic circles. Right. The idea that, and I, I mean, including film buffs, just, you know, talk, film buffs don't talk about this. Regular public doesn't talk about this. Most people who go to movies and enjoy movies don't talk about it. So that makes, that makes it interesting to me why movie critics in particular are so... Hello? Hello, Jason. John. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, did John, oh, did John die now? You yeah. should tell. Th- oh, there he is. Oh, so anyway, the the the, the thematic intent. When did that begin? When, when did they decide? Okay, you should make certain types of movies. You should tell certain types of st- stories. I, I think that always was there, but th- there's there's a not not to get super super wonky here but but i think in your kind of mainstream criticism like what you would call film reviewer um i think they've always had that to a certain extent there's always been a level of like concern trolling about like what what's the intention um even just the fear like if you read new york times reviews from like the 1950s about like hitchcock films you know there's a lot of like you know oh do we want the public seeing these and and running wild so which i think is connected to this thing you're talking about this concern about thematic intent but i think the the like film critics like uh people who write for film comment and these more you know the these uh kind of more prestigious more prestigious publications who really analyze film more in depthly i think they sort of they rejected that they seem to reject that way of thinking about film and they want and they wanted to tackle film in a way that was more focused on aesthetics not that they didn't care about thematics but they would discuss thematics in a way that was just more i wonder about it like i wonder what the thematic intent of this is as opposed to this tut-tutting about what it should be but i think even that now has been taken over by this so even even your like your film comments and these publications like this cinemascope haven't been completely taken over by it. I mean, there's still some critics that I enjoy reading, but I think even your more serious criticism now has really been taken over by this. And it's something, I think, I think it's something that's been growing for a long time, but it's basically, I mean, to not to put too fine a point on it, they want agitprop. I think they want agitprop. They see art as something they they see the value of art as being what messages it's giving to so it's an educating force 
Absolutely. For us. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that's where it comes from. And the P- PBS model of uh, filmmaking. Yeah. It's the, you know, it's the like, we can't have the unwashed masses, uh, you know, watching this. I mean, and also the thing that makes me laugh about it. So in the case of this hillbilly elegy movie, um, I mean, as bad as it might be as a film, what do you think is going to happen if people watch this movie? I, I genuinely don't understand the outrage and the concern that they always have it over these things. It's like, what do they actually think is going to happen? I think the person who they have the problem with is J.D. Vance. That's who they have the problem with. It's got nothing to do with, I don't think it has anything to do with with what is actually happening in the movie. Right. The movie is, it's, it's fairly mediocre, you know, fairly bad to mediocre. That's all. That's, it's worst fault is that it's mediocre. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And yeah, there's a, yeah, if you want to watch, I think Hello High Water is a, probably a better, is a great sort of uh, movie about, if in fact you wanted to watch a movie about like that, uh, the underclass, and if you wanted to have sort of subtle political implications thrown into the themes of the film, that might be a better film. Uh, but to consider this film as somehow offensively bad, is deranged. I think that's a deranged, that's a deranged view. You are not watching the movie and you have, there is, you have this idea that you think that JD Vance's story about, uh, uh, about growing up, uh, you know, poor working class in the deep South and coming out of there, uh, and not being a knuckle dragging racist and not being, uh, you know, a, just a crazy Trump supporter is somehow, you know, it's, it's somehow too fantastical. It just puts too much of a fucking spanner in this entire machinery about who you think is voting for Trump. Right. Now, right. What my, my, like I, it, it, it's just deranged. Like these people, it's gotten to the point for me personally, where if I read things like that, it's gotten to the point where as soon as I see critical consensus on a movie, my, you know, like hatred, critical hatred of a movie uniformly, my instinct now is to head straight in the direction of that movie. There must be something mm. there. Like it's having yeah. the opposite effect. And it's not a, sure. if, if it's happening and I'm a fucking schmo who fixes computers. So if it's happening to me, it's happening to everyone else too. I, I think for me, I, I'm maybe a little more discerning about that stuff where, you know, I'm just, I'm not going to watch the new Ron Howard movie, you know, like that's just, I, I, I'm not, I don't, my, my, my interest or whatever to want to engage in this kind of culture war stuff. So I'm going to watch the movie just so like, I'm personally, (laughs) personally, I'm probably not going to do that, but I do know what you mean. There are movies where maybe I'm on the fence about it. Because it then, happens in comedy all the time. It happens, yeah. It's happened each and every time there's a comedy special. Last, each and every time. Like Chappelle, Burr, Louis. Every time this has happened. And I notice this. It's like, you know, critical consensus overwhelmingly. Nanette, the best comedy special. Literally everyone right. who watched it, is like, this is not even comedy. What am I watching here? Well, I remember there was a it's movie. It's comedy that kind of did it. Like the, 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 my, my experience with comedy specials has sort of done that to me i think now with movies but there was a movie last year 
and I wasn't a fan of this guy's previous movie uh, made by this director, Tim Sutton. And I didn't like his previous movie, so I wasn't going to watch it called Donnie Brook. Yeah. And about the fighting, but, right? At the yeah, end. Yeah, There's yeah. A big fight at the end. Yeah, and, and it had the reviews come out, and some were good, but the majority of them were very much of that, um, that tone of why make this movie about these people? These these are these people are basically Trump voters, and it was very much of that kind of ilk. So it did actually make me decide to watch the movie that maybe and maybe I wouldn't have and I'm glad I did I actually really uh liked that yeah, movie, that was a good I, movie. I thought it was quite good um but yeah I, I that I'm that's probably a case I could point to I know with you it was um I mean I, I really want to see it anyway so I was going to watch it but I know once upon a time in Hollywood was kind of like that for you right where yeah, once upon a time, it was yeah. it was when you started reading some of the reviews that you decided i'm gonna go watch this right I yeah think. yeah 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 that yeah. yeah, was the one tarant that that really t- well that and him telling that reporter off really that really got me on his side uh <laughs> that that is uh yeah i enjoy shutting down to being a troll you know, and not, you know, when someone's like, well, shouldn't you apologize? And then most people are like, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that, you know, rather than do the thing where, you know, which is what the correct response is, you know, I reject the hypo, I reject the premise of your question. It's, it's funny. The old the beautiful gu- response, exactly the, what everyone should have done. This whole I time. think it's, I think it's the old, especially, I think it's a lot of the older people, especially, like I know John Cleese keeps running on the wrong side of these people and uh, Terry Gilliam keeps running on the wrong side of them. And then you could tell they just, they genuinely don't give a fuck. <laughs> they're just, they're thinking, I don't care. I'm 80 years old. I, you know, I don't Tell have a lot off, of time man. left. I'm going to say what I want to say. Just still like, paying, I'm still paying for that damn divorce. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. It's just like Sean Connery with the Barbara Walters, you know, when she thought that she could fucking ambush him. And she's oh. like, oh, well, you know, I didn't like that. And he's like, well, I, you know, I don't regret saying it. You know, yeah. she thought that he could, she would be, would be like, oh, oh, I'm sorry, Barbara Walters. I, oh, my heavens. I didn't want to upset you, Barbara Walters. Like as though Sean Connery would fucking wilt in front of her. Yeah, that man did not. He, he had he had zero fucks to give on anything. Sean Connery. Oh, it's kind God, of remarkable, yeah. actually. Yeah. Even Idiotic. for that period. You know, yeah. you know who you know who I wish would have a, a more public presence just for that is uh, Gene Hackman. But he kind of just disappeared after he stopped making movies. Like he did a his last movie in whatever two thousand three two thousand four and. He just said, okay, I'm done. And, and I think he's off, like he paints and I'm sure he's living his best life and good on him. But I do, sometimes I think like, ah, oh, we need more of those cranky old bastards around, you know? Like Clint Eastwood can't keep it all up by himself. Yeah, he's really, yeah. <laughs> I don't even, at some level, you don't even, it's not to tell them to sort off. I mean, you you want them to sort off, but you know, it, it, does, it just doesn't, it doesn't has to be necessarily rude, but at some level, you just would want the people who are able to say no, to just quietly look at them in the eye and say, I am not 
playing your game. I know yeah. which game that you're playing and I'm not playing it. Right. You know? Which is, I think that's kind of, uh, I, I think that's sort of Douglas Murray's tactic. I feel like I've heard him position it in similar yeah. terms that, 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 yeah, the idea that exact it's a game and you're, as soon as you decide to play the game by the rules they're setting out or to just play that game at all, you're fucked. Like they're not, you know, you're not going to win playing that game. So you kind of just have to refuse to play it. You know, like if you say something that you know wasn't racist and somebody starts accusing you of being a racist, as soon as you get defensive and start trying to explain yourself, you're finished. Whereas you, if you're just dismissive of it and you just say, I know what I said, I know what I meant, you know, go away. Um, yeah. You'll probably have a better outcome. Yeah. I think the word itself, their admin, you have to treat their admonitions like their, you know, witch spells, you know, they think they're casting witch spells on you. <laughs> you know, you're, yeah. like, you're a fucking Wiccan idiot. Get it on my face, moron. <laughs> Actually, what I remember there was an interview with uh, with uh, one of the John McWhorter, Glenn Lowry pods, where John McWhorter said said I I've thought have you it's like try this every time somebody says racist replace it with the word witch it's like yeah. they're a witch <laughs> and uh, and he like laid out all these different examples and when you put in you're a witch it actually worked oh, it's, it's even it easier uh, well. communist <laughs> yeah fair enough pinko. it's interesting man yeah i was listening to I are guess. you a pinko <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting like i was like, i was listening to i was now he's like well hated by the right but I, you know, I still have a soft spot for him. But I was listening to like George Clooney as a new film coming out, and I know he's, you know, sort of part of the woke people. But yeah. they're at some Dif- different generation, though. Different, different generation of woke. A little bit <laughs> old school. I, I, like, right? yeah. I, I like I like Clooney, man. I yeah, do, Clooney's man. Cool. Yeah. Uh, anyway, he was talking about Good Night and Good Luck, and he was talking about it as though he he had made it as a in response to the criticism that he was getting from Fox News or conservative media about his stance on Iraq. So he went very purposefully made it, you know, essentially as agitprop, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, or some sort of historical winking at kind of agitprop. And now he's saying this about, you know, uh, about. Uh, the Iraq war, but I think like good night and good luck is a more, is more indicative of, of, I don't remember how sort of shrill it was back in the two thousands, but I imagine it, the, 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 the shrillness of the, you're a witch or you're a communist is more applicable to the word racist in 2020. Yeah. I mean, it was pretty shrill. living through that time i mean um you know and i think i was probably one of the shrill people so i i probably didn't notice it as much but thinking about it now yeah i mean like i was one of those people watching the daily show and thinking yeah right on you know like with joshua and and i think like that stuff now i mean seeing clips of it it's so fucking obnoxious um but i think in general Things had gotten really shrill, but the difference was 
you could turn off your TV. You, it was kind of still on TV that it was shrill and you, and the internet hadn't gotten to this place yet. I mean, it, don't get me wrong. Like if you, I mean, we probably all remember being on the internet in the early two thousands and it was the fucking wild west. I mean, there was like, it was crazy, but if it was crazy in a way that was more, it didn't feel like any one group had some like stranglehold over it or it it Mm -hmm. didn't feel like we were all being kowtowed by some particular ideological force. It was just a bunch of people in there really opinionated, really fired up, just like, let's do battle, you know? And that's kind of what it was like. It was great. Actually, I've kind of missed that, but but I think the internet was different. So you could turn off your TV. You could say, you know what? I'm just not going to watch the news. I'm not going to, you know, I'm like, I'm just going to tune out. Whereas I think now it's just more incessant. It's, it's harder to escape. Like if you're, if you're on social media, I'm not even on social media and I have a hard time escaping this shit, you know, because even if, like Carly's on social media. So even if I'm trying to go a couple days without hearing the latest crazy thing, you know, Carly's saying like, Oh, did you hear that they're going after Ken Jennings now because he made some tweets five years ago or whatever the latest, you know, fucking thing is like, it's just, it's harder to escape it now for sure. I think it feels more omnipresent, but do you think it's actually like, is there actually a level of ideological conformity now that's different than it was in the early 2000s? Like, is that actually playing a part or is it just strictly a technological thing and how omnipresent it is? What do you guys think? Okay, so... So, here's the thing about about Iraq or about the anti-war movement. I don't think... I think much of the... Much of the Hollywood consensus was against the Iraq war. If I remember this correctly. Oh yeah. 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 Right. Yep. yep. Um, and although I will say Michael Moore gave a speech at the Oscars and he was booed. I do remember that. He, I, I don't know if that was a thing where maybe they were just in this place of, it wasn't even that they disagreed. It was coming from a place of like, don't make it political, but I do remember that. So I, 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 I don't know what that indicates, but I do remember that happening. In fact, I mean, it would be the equivalent. I mean, it was the people who were the war, who were for the war, who got most of like, oh yeah, Christopher Hitchens sure. lost an entire group of his friends, like people who yeah. he had been friends with for upwards of like thirty years. They just abandoned him, right? He had to sort of reboot his career, you know right yeah. towards the ends of it right so yep it, it, hearing george clooney talk about the fact that he was under attack i just have to wonder i mean i'm sure maybe he definitely felt that way i just have to wonder as a, a to what extent were you really losing were you losing the ability to work uh, i think this is the um i i do think for you know it, it's hard to be objective about these things, but I think I can be a little bit objective because I was very much in that anti-war camp at the time, but now I'm not 
like I look back on that a little more skeptically. Uh, I mean, the New York Times and publications like this that have gone full woke, I mean, at that time, they were very, uh, not very critical in the run-up to the war, you know? Like, the mainstream media, I wouldn't go so far as to say they, I mean, it wasn't like Fox News where they're actively cheering for it. Um, it wasn't that. CNN but was I, considered right-wing, you know? But, yeah, for sure, yeah. But I think there was a sense of we're just going to present the facts, which maybe that is what they should have done. In fact, I kind of wish they would go to that fucking model. Oh, yeah, honestly. No, you and me both. But, but, but I think there was a feeling of mainstream media was just going to present the facts. They're like, you know what? We're just going to we're just going to present the facts. We're, we're not, you know, this is the information we're getting. We're just going to report it as we get it. And, but I think to people who were against the war, they saw like realistically thinking about it. Now, the people who were against the war wanted the media to behave the way they've been behaving during Trump. They wanted that. They wanted that obvious um, oppositional, uh, position against the government and the war as opposed to just being sources of information. Um, so I think it was probably so in that way, I got to say it probably was less um, ideologically um, unified than it is now. Yeah, I, I think because I, I do think the media still took that at least the idea of themselves as being objective and just there to present the facts as something that was worth pursuing. Whereas I think now they, I mean, they don't even think that's something that's worth pursuing at all. Right. It's, it's, it's more about being on the right side, you know, the right side of history as they, as they like to harp on about. I even have to wonder what exactly is like going back to hillbilly elegy. If you think that this is some sort of apologia for what exactly, for who exactly, who, who, who do they think is being apologized for people who had nothing to do with what, the, you know, uh, orange Hitler well, coming it, to, what, what's well, the... well, well, again, it's the agitprop thing, right? It's that, so if you see film, so if you think about those Soviet films, right? And you watch Battleship Potemkin, which, you know, in spite of its, its, uh, its political problems, it's pretty fucking good. I like yeah. that movie, man. Holds up. But, uh, but the thing about that movie is like, you know that when the guards shove the carriage down the steps, it's not just about one guard shoving one carriage down the steps. You know that this is a loaded image. You know that it has deeper significance. So you understand that this whole film is really made as like a microcosm for the whole thing. This is like, 
this is uh this is this event is emblematic of why the Bolshevik revolution had to be fought and it had to be won. And, you know, and we understand that. And I think for these critics, they view film through that kind of a lens. So when they see Hillbilly Elegy and they see this J.D. Vance surrogate character, they, they can't help but they can't see him as an individual. They can't help but see him as representative of the area where he comes from. So they see it as like, you're trying to tell me that these fucking knuckle-dragging racists, as you put it, these knuckle-dragging racists are are actually have these hopes and aspirations to better themselves and they want to go off to an Ivy League university I that that's where he goes right yeah they want to go off to an Ivy League university you know to them this is just because that's the lens through which they view it I think that the whole project of this film to them is just um, is just morally repugnant that's the way they would view you know in their minds that's why it's morally repugnant because it's not just a movie about this one guy who manages to get out from under this is a you know a metaphor for the whole thing and this guy they're trying to trick us into thinking that this culture isn't just spewing out racists and deadbeats that they're actually that there's actually you know thoughtful people there basically yeah and they they see themselves as like a paul revere you know just like wait guys you know just waking up the troops in the middle of the night to make sure they <laughs> yeah. to, to let everyone know that yeah, the yeah. confederates are coming that's what they see themselves as oh for sure yeah yeah they it's- see- the interesting yeah. thing up also underneath that it's weird to talk about a movie that you're sort of mostly ambivalent about it's i have to stress that <laughs> um, but one of the things that i sort of noticed and it's also in this great book what the hell is his name uh, anyway i read it over the summer it was called white trash it's just the history of the the word the phrase itself okay um was that there that with within uh within that part of the south and you know you can see really where where westerns came from and i think it, there is a group of people who really for whom the government is like they are it's they have aban- they've been completely abandoned it's like in hello high water you know they've been right. completely abandoned right. by everyone so they don't expect help from anybody do you know so these are a group of people who's in their mind they're like all of their problems have they you know is their own is either their bad luck or they were just born into a rough family you know it's some sort of it's some sort of version of one of those two things it's not you know obama or trump did something and there was a right. policy that went wrong and so you know the economic trickle down economics and capitalism like they don't even think they don't you know if there's a problem they just assume it was something I, that they, they did or they were just they had bad luck I, well i and think a different psychology from what this you know what an elite group of people who think 
that only structures are the things that have the infinite power in people's personal lives. I I, I think that's probably a big portion of why Trump was elected. Because I've I've been thinking about this recently that, you know, the underclass of white America – seems to understand that they've been abandoned by the political class. Like the political class pays no attention to them, right? Like it's, I mean, they barely, not not only do they generally not pay lip service to them, they seem outright hostile. I mean, the things they say, I mean, somebody running for president of the United States wrote off, all these people as deplorables. Like she thought so little of them that she thought, yeah, you know what? Fuck them. They're deplorables. You know, um, Trump paid attention, right? Trump actually talked to them. Now I think time will show us that, yeah, he was basically a huckster and he was just in it for himself. But I think that, the fact that he spoke to them at all probably had a lot to do with that. And I think for the black underclass voting Democrat for so long, it's the same thing. Overall, they don't really seem to do anything to help the black underclass, but every time an election rolls around, they're talking to them. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're, they're pitching their wares. They're it's like, this is what I'm going to do for you. And, and I think even with the black, you know, with the kind of black underclass, that's probably starting to slip a little bit because um, he he had a uh, Trump got a like double the percentage of the black vote yeah. in 2020 than he did in 2016. Yeah, his numbers went up. So I wonder if that if that kind of stranglehold that the Democrats have had is maybe starting to slip. And I think that's why it's going to slip. It's going to be, okay, you're talking all this shit. You're talking a really great game, but how has my life actually improved? What have you done to improve my life? You know, and, and and these are, of course, for a lot of people, these are the things, the metrics you're going to look at when you're deciding who to vote for. You know, like, um, so anyway, I, I think we kind of, kind of got into the weeds there. I don't, I no, don't no, no, you're fine. You're fine, man. No, <laughs> I agree. Um, it's, it, there's a weird, the, there's something that I read from, you know, I, I, I hate to even use the, the sort of the modifier. He was a black Trump war voter, but it was just a person who had voted for him. And, you know, I was, this, you know, I think he was on CBC or something like that. It was in the morning, the current or something like that. And they were trying to, I'm going to try to talk to this person and I'm going to try to talk to him out of his, you know, but he's what? like, yeah. Or something like that. It was, that's the sort of style. Of, uh, that doesn't surprise you know, me. Oh, and like, can they not see point, how fucking patronizing that is? It's so hilarious. It was so hilarious because he said something like, do you not care that he's a racist or something like that? And the guy basically shot back with, he's like, listen, he might be, I don't care. Part of, you know, <laughs> and maybe he was trolling, but I liked the answer anyway. He's like, 
you don't understand. I'll vote for him even though he's a racist because he will annoy people like you. Because it will bother people like you. Because wow. who is, whether or not it'll be, whether he's in office, out of office, no one is coming to help us, right? Mm. We're on our own over here, right? But I will get some pleasure in the fact that you will be annoyed by it. You know, and that's a very powerful thing to say because you then you got nothing because then you just got because the, all they have right now is the scolding. All they've got is this. Mm-mm-mm. No, no, no. Mm-mm-mm. And then if you just like most people are like, oh, I'm sorry. You're wagging your finger at me, you know, and if you just be like, no, you're a fucking moron. You spent the last 15 years hula hooping at an outdoor music festival. You are not fucking mentally qualified to talk to me about politics right now. Get out of my face, right? These are idiots. These are people that we went to school with, right? Like, yeah, man. Bizarre. Well, well, I mean, you've told me, I remember you telling me about some of the conversations that people we know were having on Facebook when the Harper's letter was going around and people yeah. had signed the, the, what was it, against cancel culture? Yeah. And you were telling me about some of the conversations that the couple people we know were having. And it was just unreal. I mean, just the things they were saying were just, I remember you showed me the Facebook thread and uh, it was dupes. These are stupid people. Yeah. You 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 notice that those people have adopted a very strange strategy. Uh, I, I noticed it on my Facebook as well, which is that they try to pretend that they're, they're not partisan in any particular way, that they're completely reasonable people and they're just asking questions. And, and they do this, especially every time cancel culture comes up. Like, well, give me, give me an example of cancel culture. What, like, what exactly is cancel culture? <laughs> it's, it's a cat, cat butt cancel culture. <laughs> I, I, I agree though, man. I absolutely yeah. agree. It, it makes me laugh every time. Um, when they say that and you just, you can't even believe they're serious. Like <laughs> this is giving you cat, the, butt. the cat, the cat is like, is like, I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can't even believe they're serious when you see this, when you hear people say that. And, and it's funny. I, I, I guess, I guess I'll go there because you framed it in a way that was similar to something I had said last week about Sam Harris, I'm getting really tired of that shit from him when he talks about Trump and that's the way he, he, he uses these modifiers where he says, I'm not being partisan. Mm-hmm. I'm not being, uh, I'm not be, I'm being absolutely rational when I tell you that he's trying to steal our democracy. You know, it's just, it's like, dude, you're being partisan. Just like, if you would just admit it, I'm not even saying you're wrong, but the fact that you won't admit it. Yeah. I find it annoys me. No, no one, no one one clears his throat as loudly as, as Sam Harris. He's got got a long list of, the guy's been through like six cancellation attempts now at this point. Like how many times are they going to get, like he's been yeah, can- yeah. attempted to 
Like, how is it going? So, oh, he's a, he's a, he was attempt. People were trying to cancel him before it had a fucking name. Man. He's the OG man. He's like, come at me, bro. Well, what and he and, and he he said it himself. Like his entire career progression from basically the end of Faith on is is creating a situation where he's able to generate income without depending on you know popularity among a certain yeah sector. You know, I mean, yeah. so that that's his angle to begin with, and I get it, but then. You know he's so he's so afraid of being misunderstood. I think so. Yeah. But yeah. like, wh- why? Why does it even matter at this point? I mean, he's already viewed as alt right or some sort of neocon by most yeah. people left anyway. So. Yeah, I mean, it's funny, um, but I think he he seemed to suggest in his last podcast. I don't know if there's something that happened in particular. Like if he got into some kind of argument with somebody, but he did seem to uh, really reject the whole being a member of the intellectual dark web. Yeah, that was about he, the vote count. It was the voter fraud. I think it was with like Brett Weinstein or someone like that, or I think Gad Sad or something like that. Like they were like, oh, can okay. I be in the IDW and. I guess some someone was trolling him about can I be in the I can I still be in the ID and Dave Rubin's are like a Trump guy and okay so he's like I never wanted part of this stupid club anyway you can have yeah. it you know I mean it's I don't, I, I, I don't blame him for that I mean I thought the whole idea was pretty stupid anyway and um and uh, well, I mean he didn't he didn't like being part of the atheist club either no yeah I mean in any kind of club he's just no I'm I'm I'm, I'm an island. Uh, out here i mean it's good for him but at the same token then don't be such a well frankly don't be such a pussy yeah a little bit a little bit i I mean i i think well it's yeah i i you know and and i like i like and again like i like he's earned enough goodwill for me so i'll um like when he was talking i'll give him the benefit of the well when he was talking about trump it's like i said like it's not that i disagreed with everything or anything he was saying in particular, like I, I, you know, I do think the way Trump is behaving right now is ridiculous. It's absolutely insane. But I, I think for me, and this is probably my own problem. Like I find it hilarious. Like, I think it's funny. Like I, I sit here and I hope, Oh man, I really hope he doesn't leave. Like I want the Secret Service to have to drag him out of there. I would that would make me so happy to see Donald little, little, Trump. Little little tufts of orange hair left behind yeah. as he's, as he's <laughs> like dragged he's a, across the like, he, like, he's, like he's like he got into a fight with a cat. You yeah. Know? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like little little, little like crosshatch marks on his forehead from I, contact I, with I, the dirt. You know, I I think it's the thing for me that I just. It's the thing we've known about Trump forever. Like, I get Harris's point that it's not even about the legality of what he's doing. It's more about the the more like the mores of of political culture, like what you're supposed to do, the way this is supposed to go down. And he's not abiding by those rules and perhaps he is setting a bad precedent but for me i just think i mean the guy's a fuck up we we knew as soon as he started going on about this shit we knew it wasn't 
gonna go anywhere they knew he was they knew he was a fuck up in the late 70s early 80s like there's there's quite literally nothing new about donald trump yeah absolutely i mean and i think it's at the point yeah where i just think you people are so addicted to your outrage about trump it is it is it is i i I genuinely believe it's 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 a it's an addiction it's a type of psychological addiction and i mean and to rf's point about saying that he's earned so much goodwill well no one has more goodwill with me than you rf and i would still tell you to shut up when you go on a long ramble about nonsense and i feel the same thing about sam harris he's earned tons of good i am not a fucking philosopher or new i am just a extremely (laughs) extremely good looking man you know with just a perfect penis and just perfect height, not short at all, just normal, complete normal height, completely average. With well, you know, Sam Harris, is, Sam Harris isn't exactly tall either, you know. Yeah, exactly. Perfect, perfect height, mm. right? Perfect height. Actually, if you're, more, <laughs> if you're taller than that, you're actually too tall. You're actually gross if you're taller sure. than that. Sure. Yeah. That's, yeah. yeah that's um, true. You might actually, <laughs> actually the most heterosexual the, the, height. The air is thinner up here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's this is the most heterosexual. If you go taller than that and shorter than that, that means you are really, you know what I mean? Yeah. You become non-binary you. after that. I got you. <laughs> you become non-binary. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but I mean, but but Harris, Harris, like, look, Harris has talked about his, like, he's been on Rogan, and I mean, this is pre-Trump, but when he he was on Rogan, I mean, um, I think it was David Rubin. That, 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 uh, that told him he needs to get off Twitter. Like, stop obsessing over Twitter. Like, this, this is the guy that, you know, has been on month-long, multi-month-long meditation retreats. Well, and right. he's, obs- he's obsessed with what strangers say about him on Twitter. Well, the thing is, I think because so much of the revenue, if you're cut off from the mainstream in the manner that he is, perhaps, I don't know. I, I actually don't know. I have no idea. I have no idea into his head. But all I can say, maybe if when you're so cut off from the, from, you know, being allowed on mainstream publications or anything like that, that you are reliant on everything being online, then as a consequence, the, the way that you sort of justify it in your head is, well, I have to do this for work. Do you know what I mean? Right. So but do, do you think... But I have no idea. with with Trump, I mean, because I because I think we're kind of maybe getting into some interesting terrain here. Um, I mean, how much of this do you think is just decorum? How much of this is has always been more about the way he conducts himself? Because to be honest, how many of these people who hate him so much know anything? They don't know any any fucking policy that he's passed. They don't know anything any, about his platform. Yeah, no zero. Yeah, and that's um, that includes some of his his most sort of strident critics. They they, they yeah. just don't care. Yeah, I I mean I because the thing about this is like for one, have faith in your fucking system. Clearly, the system is working. He's not just going to be able to steal the election. You know. Um, I mean, just to calm everybody down, the, the, to the head of the Joint Chiefs of Staff just before the election actually said, yeah, no, we won't get involved. So like a reporter asked him, if Trump asked you 
to step in basically to launch a coup. That's not the way they positioned it, but that's basically what they were saying. What would you do? And the guy worded it in a very diplomatic way, but you could tell that he was thinking, what fucking country do you think you're living in here? Like we don't, we're not going to just line up behind Donald Trump and let him declare himself supreme leader of the country. You know, I, I think there's a way they're catastrophizing what Trump is doing. Well, I think it's, I think it's an overreaction, an overcorrection to the sort of the blase attitude that so many Americans have had over the years about the state of their democracy, right? Like yeah. just the certainty it couldn't happen here. Right. You know, the, the, what happened in, in Germany and, and in numerous other places was that's an anomaly. It's because they didn't have a perfect system. It's because they didn't have the history that we have. It's because they didn't have our kinds of people. Um, this would never happen here. So I think it's, it's an overcorrection against that attitude, which I think to a certain extent is still common in the United States. Like people still don't take the possibility of authority creeping authoritarianism seriously no in in in, in the u.s and we, i mean we certainly don't in canada either even perhaps even more so than the americans um so i think it's if you're in certain intellectual circles where you're kind of plugged into all the things that can go wrong in a society then this this is that that's the response but it's an overcorrection because because now that the sam harris approach is that it's just hanging on by a thread which isn't true either yeah yeah, and, and, I, and I think the, the problem is they and, – and I, I mean, Sam Harris, to be fair, I wouldn't include Sam Harris in this. He's certainly no fan of, of the authoritarianism of the left. But I think for a lot of people, they can't see the creeping authoritarianism on their own side of the street. Yeah. And, you know, and – and, and I know we've talked about this a bit before, but it has always seemed to me that th that conservatives are a little more worried about the kind of crazies on their side. They, 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 you do sense mainstream conservatism will pull away from people that are a little too a little too reactionary, a little too... Yeah, you saw that Tucker Carlson clip where she sort of... Um, the uh, He basically uh, went up against that lady who was part of Trump's legal defense team. You know? You oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I didn't see the this clip, but I, I know who you mean, though, yeah. I can't uh, think of her name, but she... Yeah, she would... She was so fucking crazy that even Giuliani and even Giuliani had to back away from her and say, "Okay, I don't know what you're talking about. We're just gonna we're yeah. just gonna be over here." But well, hey. she said that he had actually won the election in a complete and complete landslide, and that seven million votes were actually not counted. Oh, that was yeah, yeah. So and what was what was the Tucker was just saying. Could you, can you give me proof? Could you give me some sort of documentation? Could you please talk about it? Could you just come on the show, show us what you have? And she just said, no, I won't come on. That This is what apparently he said. He said that she said that no, she won't come on the show. And then 
he asked her for show us some documentation about what you're talking about these seven million votes that are supposed to go to him and she says to him uh don't ever contact me again and stop harassing me and so then he went on his show and said basically just said that and he said i just we just we're just after the truth hilarious I, I mean i mean it's i'm sure well, he, that's what he feels but I don't. but well and it was funny too um I, I i hope this isn't what we have to look forward to but um there's a clip making the rounds right now from pbs news um like pbs news hour after biden had announced his cabinet picks and they're just fawning over these people in the most uncritical way. Like you're a fucking journalist, man. Like they're saying, one of them actually said, uh, 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 it's like Biden assembled his own real life Avengers here to save, uh, like save the country. I mean, it was insane. This is all I, your fault. This is all your fault, John. These are all people. These are all your fucking people. All of those nerds playing fucking <laughs> Magic: The Gathering at Big Tide. Yeah. These are all yeah. your. These are all the, your fucking these, fault. These, did, these didn't seem. These didn't seem like the kind of people who'd be playing Magic: The Gathering. But these are um, all your comic. But this is what <laughs> this your people made fucking comic book culture cool. All right, and this is what we have to fucking deal with. Apologize uh, but, right now. But I mean, but it was insane. It was. It was absolutely. You know, it was just absolutely insane to see, and. I mean, and you know that this is the kind of treatment that he's probably going to get from the mainstream media. And I, you know, and, and Sam Harris said something on his, on that pod where he was talking about Trump. And I agree with him to a certain extent, but I think it's a little more complicated than he makes it seem. He says that like the New York Times for all their problems, you can't compare what they do to like Breitbart and like these kind of conservative uh, media organizations that are actively um, spreading misinformation and actively, um, you know, participating in partisan politics. Now, I agree. I, I do agree with that. I think the New York Times at least has, uh, they have some notion that they're trying to be as unbiased as they can, you know, Maybe at and, some and, point, <laughs> you know, but, but I, I think the thing that he's overlooking is like Breitbart doesn't play outside of a certain circle, you know, like it's a very specific kind of conservative who reads Breitbart. It, like even a lot of conservatives don't read Breitbart. That's they true. think they think like that's fucking like that's crazy stuff. It would be like thinking everybody on the left read the World Socialist website or something, you know? Like it's just I don't think that's I don't think that the majority of people read Breitbart. So it's easy to kind of brush them aside. And, and, you know, correct the errors they make, of course. But, um, but I mean, the, the New York Times is a Pulitzer Prize-winning newspaper. They've won so many Pulitzer Prizes. Uh, um, you know, that is 
I mean, the reporting is dog shit. But the interesting stuff- thing about the you, you mentioned the World Socialist website. It was, uh, it was the World Socialist website that went up against the sixteen nineteen project. From that's the, right. Yeah, that's the, right. The New York Times yeah. and it's yeah. goes. Well, we were talking about this last week, right? When we were saying the thing about I feel bad for the Marxists. I mean, I know they're saying socialist, but whatever. Same yeah, fucking. Yeah, yeah. It's basically the same fucking thing. Um, I don't know. John. You know, Is I feel. Thing? Yeah. I, I I feel bad that yeah there there's a feeling that they don't really have a place and I think for them they can see that whatever problems there are on the right at the moment uh, we really need to fight back against the problems on our side of the street here because these people are trying to squeeze us out like it's not fucking Breitbart and Fox News that's trying to squeeze people like the World Socialist website out. It's people on the left. So I wonder if that's yeah. part of why the, the the kind of left, the hard left, the like old school hard left does seem to really be focusing a lot of their attention right now on this. I mean, even like, like Chomsky, of course, has made his, you know, statements about trump that you would expect but even he seems to be very much focusing on this kind of stuff you know glenn greenwald jumped ship from the intercept um which is a fucking website news news organization that he founded and they basically wouldn't let him run an article that was critical of biden and and he and he just jumped ship and you know, Matt Taibbi, who's from, you know, a leftist guy. Um, so. Because the intersectional woke people, man, they have, this rocket has left the realm of ideology, ph- philosophy, and history. They are, they are up. They, they don't, they, well, this doesn't matter. They are, they are, they're, well, they're like year zero. Do you know what well, I mean? It's, it's like, it's to pick up on, on Jason's point. I mean, about the, the, you know, the New York Times being Pulitzer winning. It's like, you know, to Harris's observation that we you can't compare Breitbart to New York Times, like, well, no, we can't compare Eric Roberts to Julia Roberts, but we hold Julia Roberts to much higher standards than we do Eric Roberts. And if Julia Roberts suddenly decides that she is going to play, uh, uh, you know, a, a transgender black woman in a movie – you know, we're going to look at that a little bit differently than whatever it is that Eric Roberts is doing in the in, in the gutter. You know, and I think that I think that makes a lot of sense. Oh, Eric Roberts is doing a dwarf again. He's doing a black dwarf again. <laughs> whatever. Poor, poor Eric Roberts. He was he. Although remember he he had that little role in uh, Inherent Vice. Oh he yeah, was, I remember he that. Was, uh, Mick, Mickey Wolfman. He, uh, he, he, he only has like one scene. Um, I mean, I, mo- I mock him. I like Eric Roberts. No, no, his, I but his career has been a complete shit show. No, I get Eric your... Roberts. If you're listening, we're sorry. We, yeah, we apologize. Jonathan yeah. doesn't know what he's saying. No. Sometimes you know he just yeah. drinks a lot. The the and... Pope of Gren- the Pope of Greenwich Village is his favorite movie. Why did Mickey Rourke tell me? Why did he do so much plastic surgery? He's a beautiful. Have you looked at Mickey Rourke in Pope of Greenwich Village? He is a beautiful looking man. Oh yeah, man! All that early stuff. Looks like right now. All that diner. All those early movies. He looks like a bag of flour beaten with a fucking baseball bat. This guy's face. What? I mean, he's just a. He he's. 
I don't know. The man is full of contradictions. Like on the one hand, he was actually a quite accomplished professional boxer, right? Yeah. And, you know, yeah. And, he's a, and he's a tough guy and he's has a history of, you know, problems with fights and booze, like a, kind of a man's man kind of guy, unhealthy. But, but on the other hand, he, he walks around with a tiny chihuahua all the time. Right. Right. And if someone says that he can't go someplace with that chihuahua, like it's just, no, that's it. Like, well, you can't get someone to dog sit your dog. <laughs> no, he has to have the chihuahua with him 24 seven. And alongside of that, the, 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 the weird plastic surgery. I mean, I think he used to make excuses for it because his face gets so battered yeah yeah from boxing and so he had to get that's, corrective surgery what, and i'm yeah, like that's what he said. i'm like man that <laughs> he actually, went wild with it man he went hog wild actually, he's like oh this is pretty good this actually, is pretty good this is pretty good this is pretty good <laughs> actually what there's a movie he did uh in the late 80s early 90s 89 or 90 a walter hill movie called johnny handsome have either of you seen this no and he plays a guy who is deformed it has one of these like kind of sci-fi plots so he plays this guy who's deformed he's a criminal he participates in a bank robbery he's arrested while he's in prison i forget the exact um mechanics of the plot but i think they want to let him out to infiltrate the gang that he was in when um when uh you know when he got arrested so they give him this surgery that corrects his face so then he looks like you know the handsome mickey rourke of the 80s but in the early parts when he's all deformed looking before he has the surgery he really looks similar to how he looks now it's like if you just google it like try to find an image of him from the movie it's it, it, it's like we got a glimpse of uh, you know, people at the time got a glimpse of what the future had in store for Mickey Rourke. Damn, it's so bizarre. Like, I mean, it, it has to be some sort of mental illness, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And it's funny, like he, I think it. You know, a lot of it is just that goddamn face. I mean, it, I you know, Hollywood just. You know, you're not going to get so many opportunities. Can you, see, can, you, now. can you see this? I can. Yeah. I can. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> <laughs> and, and look! And look! And look! Look at look at the jeans. Ugh! Good <laughs> lord! Ugh! Man. Um. But why is he not wearing fucking tap out gear? He looks like he should be like <laughs> he sells edibles on fucking King Street, man. <laughs> he looks like a New Jersey housewife. That's what he looks like. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> yes, he does. Oh, but remember he had that little comeback, right? Like when he did the wrestler, the wrestler, yeah. and then he, he got, and then he, he got, got Iron, Iron Man too. Yeah. Um, and I mean, and there's it, no, there's no debt that that guy can. Yeah, I mean, he then, can put a master class on when it comes to acting. But and then when that was done, it was, and then he did those two, and then it was just back, kind of back to, back to obscurity. Okay, <laughs> you're out. Back, you know, back, and and Sean Penn stole his Oscar. The one chance he had to win an Oscar. And Sean, All right. And Sean Penn already – no, for milk. Oh, yeah. And, and Sean Penn already had one. He yeah. already had one. He should have – honestly, honestly, even if he had won that Oscar, I don't think we'd be saying anything different about him. <laughs> that's true. That's true. But, he, he, but, you know, 
you, you probably could have used the money more though. You get, I think you get a million dollars when you win an Oscar or something crazy like that. Well, look, anyone who walks around with little dogs got money. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't think he's suffering. Fair, fair enough. Fair enough. He, Cuba uh, Gooding. Remember that guy got a fucking Oscar. That's right. Cuba that's Gooding right. Jr. He, he peaked, you know, he's like that. Uh, he's like the class president in high school and it's really popular. <laughs> he makes Jerry Maguire. And then uh, the, the next movie is radio where he pairs a big tooth retarded man. That really- <laughs> that's right. With, with Ed Harris as the inspirational coach. Yeah. Well, you know, is- I, I get that. <laughs> I get actors like they, they, they do something really fantastic like that. It's a once in a lifetime opportunity they clearly have chops i understand how they would make bad decisions but i don't understand how they would fail and then go yeah hello oh you're there, John? oh he got he froze oh he froze oh, i was just saying do, i was yeah i was just saying do you learn lose your ability to discern I well, it one of the money, I think, baby. I, money. I think I think one money of the more and pussy. That's all that happens, man. Well, sometimes, but sometimes it can be like Adrian Brody is actually one of the more interesting examples of this of somebody who really kind of crashed and burned. But I think for him, it was almost because he was curious, and that's a good thing. And he actually made a lot of interesting movies. But he didn't really capital, you know, as much as I enjoy the Brothers Bloom as an example, you know, nobody saw that movie. Um, as much as I enjoy, what was that one where he was a teacher? Detachment? Yeah. That, that was directed by that uh, Danny Kay? Yeah, um, yeah. Like, that's a, that. that's a wild fucking movie. And, and I admire him I for making it. Yeah, I remember yeah. him. I admire him for making it. But I mean, nobody saw these movies. He was and, in that Wes Anderson movie, though, and that did pretty well. That's true, and 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 he did, and even that Predators movie, I think, you know, was probably a hit. Um, but I think for him, it was just a case of like, maybe if you saturate the market, because that kind of happened to Jude Law too, right? There was this period where he was in fucking everything, just every movie. I remember Chris Rock even made a joke about it when he hosted the Oscars. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know he was. Sean Penn had a problem with that. Do you he remember did. that? He did. He comes Came up and he like said, a real he fucking said, wet blanket." He douche. says, "He says, uh, j- he goes uh, just to answer our host question of who is Jude Law. He's one of the finest actors of his generation. <laughs> it's like up. shut the fuck up. It's <laughs> like it was a goddamn joke. It's such a that's such a mum thing. You know, it's like you you hurt you hurt my baby boy." I'm going to come out here, ignore all sense of sarcasm or, or humor and, and just defend him. <sighs> exactly. But, but I think with Adrian Brody and Jude Law, I think sometimes that happens too, where I think in the eyes of Hollywood, like I almost think you end up devaluing yourself if you appear in everything because it's, there's something about being more discerning about the roles you take that just adds a certain like it makes you seem more valuable. Like DiCaprio is good at that, right? Like he's still yeah. good at that. He's not that, you know, he, not that he doesn't make movies sometimes that aren't good, but because he, it feels like he's more discerning and careful in the roles he takes. If, if, if you're a studio and it's like, Oh, we can get DiCaprio. We can get DiCaprio. Fuck. Okay. Let's get him. Like, I think, 
I think it kind of creates that type of um, buzz within the industry when you're more discerning. So I wonder if sometimes with, with actors who just appeared in all kinds of stuff, as soon as they got success, if it's a case of, you know, like, like you blew your wad, you know what I mean? Like you came too early. It, it, you know, it's, it's, I don't it's, know anything about that, Jason. Stop looking at me. It's, <laughs> you know, it's, it's ridiculous to have empathy for, you know, rich actors. But right. I, ha- I have to admit, when, when there's someone who had a lot of promise or like what I think of ha- as having a lot of promise, like let's say Cuba Gooding Jr. or Adrian Brody, I don't know, for some reason I get like a little pang of sadness when it yeah. doesn't when it doesn't turn out yeah the way the way it could have been well and i think for them i mean again like i understand it there are worse problems to have but i mean what you know think about adrian brody and think about how happy he was and he was on top of the world and he just lays that kiss on halle berry when he wins the Oscar. Do you guys remember that? I remember that, yeah. That would, that would probably be more of an issue now, but anyway. Yeah, I don't think the, you get away with that at, these at, days. At, at, I'd start at, fingering, man, immediately. <laughs> but at the time, I think also the fact that he was in a movie directed by Roman Polanski probably would be a problem now. Um, What's wrong with that? Just get into a hard tub, no, hang, have not, some fun with some not, friends. Let's, let's not get into it. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, but, you know, but I think it's a thing of like, it's like he's on top of the world. The, he's on top of the world. He's he's probably got everybody calling him. He's getting all the offers, and I mean now he's pro, he's got to take whatever fucking movie comes his way because he needs the paycheck. Uh, that's got to uh, on a on a personal yeah. level. That's got to. Well, I think I think we also connect with it because neither of us really amounted to anything. So we can look at something like this and think okay. you were so close. Yeah, you know, like we were way back in line. But 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 he he was like you know in touching distance yeah, of glory yeah. and yeah, you were like, almost there, oh, buddy. Oh. And, and I think for most actors, that's generally how it goes, right? I mean, your DiCaprio's who managed to have a a career where you're just a star forever, or Brad Pitt or Tom Cruise. I think that's rare. The majority of actors you see, like like if I like if I start watching a lot of movies from the nineties, you know, like I was watching, uh, I was watching some, a movie for, it was from the eighties actually called black widow recently. And I was like, Deborah winger. I remember Deborah winger. Oh yeah. Deborah what, winger. Yeah, yeah. What happened to Deborah winger, you know, um, uh, you know, or, uh, or Mickey Rourke, right? Like Mickey, Mickey Rourke. Rourke was, you know, he was huge. Well, and- you know what people are really concerned about is, uh, Brendan Fraser. Like in my in my in my feeds online, I, I mean, all the movie I, I, websites, they're hear, obsessed with what happened to Brendan Fraser. Oh, because he went bald. That's what happened. He went bald and he couldn't handle it, dude. And uh, he couldn't do the thing where he just shaved his <laughs> okay, head. Okay, first of all, why do you know so much about Brendan Fraser? You're the one who fucking brought up his name. Look him up. Oh, I, it's just something I read. You're the, the one who's gay I, for I, Brendan Fraser, not me. Ex- I didn't expect you to start reading from your diary. <laughs> <laughs> no, shut no. up! I took out that page weeks ago, so that joke's on you, actually. But, but but I think the best route for a lot of actors to take is is maybe the route that somebody like uh, Viggo Mortensen took, right? Where he finally gets this big success doing Lord of the Rings, and he kind of sets the expectation right after that that's not the career I'm going to have. 
I'm going to do the things that I find interesting. And, and, you know, yeah. Like when I was like a, like a, like a university professor and I'm like, no, I want to do tech support. Right. Like that's the kind of thing. Like I took the small, small to medium goals that, you know, so become part of the working. I like the fact that you two losers are talking about these guys. Like they are now like sitting with us in the lunchroom, eating their ham and cheese sandwich out of their. Well, to be fair, some of them, some of them, some of them probably would be. To be fair, <laughs> oh, yeah, some of them, you know, fucking yeah. hot dogs with us losers, you know. Look, look, look at the kids. Sites. Look at the kids from uh, uh, Home Improvement. Where do you think they are now? They're living. They're on a farm somewhere. One of them got is in jail for beating the shit out of his girlfriend. Okay, first of all, again, <laughs> why do you know <laughs> about the kids from Home Improvement? It was, it was it was the bully kid. Remember the older brother? What was his name? Remember there were three, right? <laughs> Yeah, you just it? like do you spend all day on TMZ? Shut up. <laughs> Maybe I'm so knowledgeable. It, so it was it wasn't JTT? No, was it wasn't was JTT. It, it was the JTT, older one. You know? It was the older one who bullied I, it, which everyone I, if you've Brad? watched the show. Was his name who, who's Brad? the one that who's of course the one his name was Simba. Brad, probably. That seems like a real bully name. Yeah. Was it Brad? Probably it was Brad, Cause, I don't know. Because Jonathan Taylor Thomas was Randy? Was his name Randy? I think it was the other way around. Oh, maybe, maybe he was whatever the fuck it was. It doesn't matter. But Randy so the, always sounds like a car mechanic's name. Like you it know, does, you right? To, you're change Overalls, your oil. Not, a, not a child. <laughs> yeah, Randy is definitely the bully. I get bullied online by a guy called Randy right now. Um, but yeah, no, that's what happened to him. I'm pretty sure that's the name of the guy. What happened to the guy that had like the 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 teeth? Uh, who are you talking about? Like the one of the guy kids, with the teeth. really, really, teeth? really, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a guy with <laughs> the, the guy one with... of the kids. One of the kids from home. Was, from, yeah, was it the, the uh, was it the, it was probably the youngest. Kid, the youngest right? one, youngest one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and, it, and I think he becomes goth eventually on the show towards the end. Or Hell something. yeah, I that's think awesome. That I think shooting at the end, like he, I think you, I think he was into some, like vegan natural awesome save the, save the planet shit awesome. i don't know he's, what happened to him yeah he's working uh, didn't he marry didn't he marry like a 60 year old woman or something when he was like 23 yeah he's working for vice magazine now he's got a <laughs> yeah he's got a vegan blog it's pretty cool he's like an instagram influencer speaking of which there's a, there was today it turns out that the guy is hilarious so there's the whatever the like there's a whole new like second wave in new brunswick and they tracked it down to this one guy and, oh, I saw, I saw that. And man, you know, I really have turned the corner because at one point in my life, you know, looking at a guy's face like that, who's like an Instagram influencer guy who sells, who has a weed side business, uh, who's getting publicly shamed and dunked on on the internet by lefties, would really, I would really pile on because they're like, fuck him. But then, I don't know. I'm, as soon as they pile on someone, I immediately feel sympathy for this guy. And well, yeah, I, but you, gra- you gravitate towards the, uh, the the handsome men as a response. <laughs> no, I, I I I always identify with the guilty. That's that's I, my identity. Well, I, then I saw <laughs> then I saw what his girlfriend looked like, and I was like, "Fuck this!" Guy. And you hated him again. <laughs> Fuck him! <laughs> Fuck him! I hate yeah. him. Well, I mean, everybody's being ridiculous with this guy. I mean, anyway, like. It's like, first of all, like, quit acting like a bunch of vigilantes. 
you mm-hmm. fucking lunatics. Like, what is wrong? Oh, and you're also perfect. You're also perfect. The people that are piling on him, right? Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. New Brunswick, you really got a sense in the last 24 hours of how much, like, all of these people who went to all of these places in the world got all of these university degrees. Like, in their minds, they're still fucking villagers. They're still, they still never left fucking Chadham or Chipman. Do you know what I mean? They're still there. They're still fucking villager mentality, these people. It's yeah. Really, it's quite fucking amazing, man. Well, what's it like? I mean, because I know here, yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. Like, people, I mean, if people could have a sense of fucking perspective. I mean, I w- I'm at the point where I wish people could have a sense of perspective. Dubai is at a thousand about, cases a day. About the fuck. But just, I, I wish you could have a sense of perspective about the disease itself. I mean, we don't want it rampaging around, infecting thousands of people a day of course like I'm except for saying- you want you like you said before you wanted in the nursing homes because you want to get rid of racists right like that's the only <laughs> way that's <laughs> that's what so, this whole like, thing is racist statues in there yeah <laughs> yeah that well that's true i mean that part's true yeah. and uh you uncle know, willie I, never said the n-word in a walmart parking lot he never you know, said yeah, something you about know, muttered something about Asian well, drivers in well, the fucking Well well and I think and I think because we know it doesn't affect the children, it's easy to, you know, spread it around the school, send the children into the nursing homes as a Trojan horse. <laughs> right. And we know the children will be okay. Yeah. And that's you know, this is uh, this is my diabolical plan. But 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 I mean, it's just people are have just become so crazy. Like what's it like in Alberta? Like, well, I know going, you're having a lot of cases. We're going through a semi, uh, a semi lockdown today. I think it was just announced or, I mean, who knows? I don't really pay attention to much of this stuff. I, I let my wife tell me, but it's uh, some sort of semi lockdown, but um, <laughs> I don't know. Kenny, the, the premier is getting, getting a lot of shit. Yeah. He's getting uh, dragged. He's getting uh, dragged as the kids say. Yeah. He's getting dragged. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I just, I read a headline on, on, on Kenny, it was like something like too little, too late. And then like in the first paragraph, um, basically full lockdown except for funerals. And I just, <laughs> I just started, I don't know. I just started laughing maniacally. Cause I mean, <laughs> is that what people are concerned about? The fact that you can still go to a funeral during, during, <laughs> during lockdown? Is that what they're upset about? Oh. I mean, the kids are being sent home from junior high, I think on Monday. Okay. Uh, so they're going to do the they're going to do the online classes, no in-person gatherings. I think that they're going to have some church services, um, but they're going to have to practice social distancing in the pews. But, but are people getting really riled up? Uh, either, like I, I guess from your perspective, are people getting really riled up? Either people who are like "fuck this," these lockdowns, or or in the sense of people who are getting really hostile towards anyone who's not following the rules like are you seeing a lot of that? oh yeah there's a there's a lot of karens here there's a lot of karens here for sure i i don't think it's as many as some of the other provinces though because i mean look uh you know your point about parts of st john basically being a village i mean despite the fact that this is a fairly wealthy city it, it really is in a lot of ways hick down and and so the 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 karening as of a is a, is of a different flavor, I think. Um, you know, they're they're more like the Karens are more likely to be preppers than <laughs> than, 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 than in St. John, and, and you know, so 
yeah it's just it's just not the same i imagine it's a, it, i imagine it's just a complete fucking nightmare in the in the rest of the country oh yeah, yeah. The, my my one of my daughter's friends went to out to her mailbox in i don't know she was just walking from her front door to the mailbox in the front of her house uh you know on a saturday morning and some fucking old lady she's like a 10 year old and this old lady just started screaming and yelling at her where off my wear a mask you can't be outside without a mask she's just yelling at a 10 year old people just do that now in new brunswick and it's completely fine i guess well it i, I was bizarre fucking behavior so well, i was out um i i was out the the, the other day sex with men oh uh, yeah well that i mean it's you know gotta gotta pay the bills boys it's just fucking you know wages no i have to pay i have to pay them um but i um i jason's I was out, like uh, I, that final scene in requiem for a dream you know oh, he has, Mo, like, the double stop, ended with stop, him. stop. <laughs> i i no. uh, I w- but I was out walking and, and because they changed the rules so much, I didn't know that you needed to have a mask outside as well. I, I the last yeah. I heard was you needed to have a mask outside. If you were like at the park, if you were at a place where there was going to be a lot of people, but if you're just outside walking, you didn't need one. So I'm walking and everybody I'm encountering is wearing a mask. So I got uncomfortable. So I was like, well, I'm just going to put mine on. And, and then and then probably a minute later, a cop drove by me, which I didn't think anything of it. But it's a good Just thing I put my mask. Normal day for you. Normal but, day but, for you. <laughs> but it's a good thing I put my mask on because people were getting three hundred dollar fines for not wearing a mask outside. Yeah, Jason um, got confused, John. He put on like one of those Nixon masks, like those bank robber masks. <laughs> <laughs> three hundred dollar fines. Do do, yeah, do, yeah, jog- do do joggers have to wear masks? Joggers don't. Jog- it, the rules are so i mean which is fine i i don't i mean i i don't think they should have to wear them but I, I, it's funny the way people even there are people in power like i'm not gonna say i've followed coronavirus as closely as maybe i should have but based on what my understanding is it's unless you're in a massive group of people like say maybe a Black Lives Matter protest, but that's okay. That's okay. Um, you know, you want to get rid of racism or not, Jason? Exactly, idiot. It's it's hard. It's hard to spread it outside. It generally spreads inside as long as you're not in like a big group of people. So being outside and just like walking past someone, unless you like cough in their face, um, you know, it's it's pretty there, low risk. There's it's pretty low risk. Yeah. yeah. It, it so. So I think because they're being so over the top in the restrictions, they're running the risk of people just not wanting to follow any of them. It's like you shouldn't add on restrictions that aren't necessary because you're just you're exactly like you're running the risk of just people just being like, you know what, fuck it. And and I mean, and and I, I'm not expecting there to be absolute consistency either because I understand that we don't understand the virus completely and we're still, you know, we understand more now than we did in March. I don't expect the rules of now to be the same as the rules in March, but I found the messaging on it and the way they give us information 
has been very lacking. Like they don't, they don't kind of take us through the process of, okay, we were doing this. Now we're going to do this. They just kind of change it. At least in New Brunswick, this has been the case. They just kind of change it. And then you're just supposed to know that it's been changed. And then two weeks later, some reporter will ask the premier or the health minister about it. And they'll say, Oh yeah, we, you have to wear a mask outside now. Or, you know, it's, it's been really bad, really bad. Yeah. I yeah, it, it seems fairly haphazard and yeah. Yeah. It's sort of all over the place. I like to, when I'm jogging, like wear a mask, obviously to fit the rules, but I wear, I like, I have my dick out and then I'm pissing as well at the same time. So, you know, what are the rules really? Why right? Just start doing that? It's just a new, I'm just, you know, what are the rules? That's really? a new thing. Yeah. 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 Right. No trousers, no pants, just penis out. Mm-hmm. Like, what, is your da- what does your daughter think about that? Well, I don't ask her. I don't take, I don't send her pictures. I just tell her, I do it in the nighttime, you know, like I wear a mask, like a Batman had mask, but no right. face mask, but with full erection, like I have to take a penis pill cause I'm the getting to that age. Right. Yeah. And, understandable. Yeah. And then f- full urine everywhere. Everywhere. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you I fill mean, up? Like, to fill up bef- beforehand? Like, huh? Go, 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 go. Do you fill yeah, up? Then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wear one of those beer helmet masks, you know, on the, like on, <laughs> on my head, you know. With, um, oh, I mean, at least you're staying hydrated. Yeah, well, all right. That sucked, but, you know, swing and a miss, right? You can't, you can't, they can't all be winners, right, folks? That's what they say. When was the last time you had a winner? <laughs> sure, that, hey, man. <laughs> My mama always told me, you know, when when I was growing up in the prairies there, she was like, you can't, son, if you, if you can't remember one thing, you remember one thing now, sonny. If there's one thing that's important is family. Family's important. And doing meth. <laughs> I'm going to do heroin. Kick the shit out of you now. And then you're going to go to Yale and come back and treat me nice. Right, marry an Indian girl. That was the most fantastical element that this hell, hillbilly dude went off and married an Indian woman. How dare he? How dare he? <laughs> Do you have an Indian wedding? Did he have an Indian wedding? I don't know. Yeah, because that's he... the thing to do, right? I, I, I sometimes I think people marry into Indian families just to have the wedding. Gross. Indian wedding. I find them very too much pomp and circumstance. You know, I'm a more of a, like a, everyone knows me as this sort of you know, uh, Jeremiah, what's, what's that? What's that? Jeremiah Robert Johnson. Redford? Jeremiah Johnson style figure. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like a Robert Redford sort of in the woods sort of. Yeah. Know. Everyone knows me as that sort of solid. I, I, did, I did see a photo of you with a, with a firearm. Yeah. Yeah. On Facebook. It was a friend of mine. Yeah. 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 We went out shooting in the woods. It was pretty Just, fun. What did you shoot? We uh we were going to we were going to shoot some crows, but then we couldn't find, <laughs> we couldn't find any. Uh, Why were you going to shoot crows? I don't know, just to be savage, I guess. And he's a bit of a hillbilly, so um, so we just found. Would you shoot chimps? No, we. <laughs> where? How are we going to find chimps in fucking New Brunswick? Here? Well, I don't know. I'm just trying to think. Like they're they're like chimp level intelligence. Why would you shoot a crow? I don't know, cause they're there. You know, so we just shot. I mean, yeah, 
it was either that or immigrants. So we just settled on cans, you know, on moose light cans off of a fence in the middle of the woods. We had to ATV about an hour and a half. It was fun. It was freezing. Like typical, typical hunting experience. It was fun. Yeah, we didn't really hunt or anything like that, but um, we didn't hunt uh, animals, but we did hunt another kind of prey, if you know what I mean. Oh, the most dangerous kind of prey. Yeah, if you know yeah. what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> We're talking about which pussy. We're talking about actually having sex with women, intercourse consensually. Um, well, that got really woods. weird. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> the good Lord intended it. Just like the good Lord was intended it, was it. Was this before or after he picked up piss boners jogging? That was, it was, we just recreated deliverance. You know what I mean? It was beautiful. Just men <laughs> being men in the woods. Covering That's what deliver- in, Covering yourself in mud. That's right. That's what that movie Deliverance is about. It's about the redeeming, you know, qualities of being outside where men can be real men and murder hillbillies. You know, and if you think about it, the one, the one who dies, I mean, he's the bitch of the group anyway. He's That's fucking, right. He's, That's... A fucking, he's a total fucking pansy. He's the one, oh, it's bad that we killed this rapist fucking hillbilly. I feel wrong about it. Fuck that guy. That's right. Thank asshole. you, Jason. That's a beautiful way to... And close. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> this is, this is, all right. This has been great, guys. Um, maybe we can do next week or the week after, probably. But all right. week after, probably. Yeah. Week after. All right yeah. then. All right. All right, friends. Good night. Have a good night. All right, good luck. Later. Bye bye.